This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey, everybody. Let's take a look and see what's going on this week on I Know You Hear Me with Flynn Hendricks. Uh, so, yeah, long story short, born in Pennsylvania, 1994, uh, kidnapped to Florida at the age of eight. Oh, man. <laughs> I, I like the colder climates more than the hot and humidity, especially with what's going on right now. Now, I, understandable, but I do have to ask, with the kidnapping, was there at least candy involved or some form of gift being offered to get you into that van? In true Floridian style, uh, Disney World and a glass of orange juice. Okay, that, I mean, that's pretty tempting, especially with today's prices. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it was a nice vacation that my mom and dad heard the yes and went, okay, our kids said yes. We're moving. That's it. We're done. (laughs) Pack it up. I love it. I want to take a minute and thank our newest sponsor and partner, Dubby Energy. And while I'm doing that, I want to ask you a question. Are you like me and trying to find that pick-me-up throughout the day or just trying to find a way to get yourself going when you wake up in the morning? Well, then look no further because I'm about to give you my exclusive code to Dubby Energy. And if you don't know what Dubby Energy is, let me fill you in a little bit. It's a natural energy drink that doesn't have the crash doesn't have the jitters it's keto friendly and it has all the good ingredients that your body needs to help on focus getting energy and keeping going throughout the day and you don't have to worry about the crashes or the jitters at the end of it i've started using it and god almighty do i notice a big difference my focus is where it needs to be my concentration is on point and i am absolutely crushing it in my workouts and it's helping me on those long road trips to wrestling shows too Because, you know, as a traveling world television champion, I'm all over the place. I've got husband responsibilities. I've got dad responsibilities. I've got everything going on, and this stuff helps me get through it all. So if you want to try it for yourself, use my exclusive code, Glenn Hendricks, all one word, and use the link in my show notes below to go check out W Energy and get some for yourself and feel as amazing as I'm feeling right now, and you won't be disappointed. And I know you hear me. Hey, 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 welcome back, everybody, to another awesome episode of the I Know You Hear Me podcast with yours truly, the man of the hour, who's a little too tired to be sour, but man, I feel like I'm beating that dead horse into the ground, and maybe that's why I'm so tired, but I digress. My name is Flynn Hendricks, and I am so excited to be here with you for another week as the train continues to roll on for the I Know You Hear Me podcast. The numbers are going up, the audience is growing, we're going in more places worldwide, and I am so excited to see it, guys. It makes my day getting to have these interviews and then getting to let you guys hear them. Like, it blows my mind that after all this time, you guys are still so excited to be listening to these, so thank you from the bottom of my heart. And if this is your first time joining in, man, I say it every week and I truly mean it. You picked a great one to start with because today's guest... Man, got to give a little shout out to Eric Horowitz. He referred me to this guy, and it's not going to disappoint. And maybe we need to start calling him Agent Eric. I don't know, but this guy has given me a lot of people to interview. And trust me, as these interviews start coming out, I think you guys will be hooked. So, man, before we get to the fun part of the interview, though, let's fill you in on what's going on in my world. 
Uh, the daily struggle of being too tired but loving being a husband, being a dad, getting ready for shows this weekend as far as wrestling goes. The auditions keep coming in. Getting ready for a WWE Live event in the next couple weeks. And man, oh man, I am so grateful for these opportunities. And looking at some con appearances for the next coming year. So, hey, if you got a con in your area and you want me to show up and maybe do a live podcast or have a booth set up and you want to come by and do an interview at the table, let me know. Get me in touch with those people or shoot me the con information. My email is in the show notes, so guys, just slide in my DMs and let's make it happen. And on top of that, too, check those show notes for other things like merch, social media, and how to subscribe and leave a five-star review for this podcast as well because all of that helps more than you know, especially that sharing and the five-star review part because if you share it, word of mouth is free to do and it helps more than you know and... Guys, this podcast may find somebody at one of their lowest periods and may help pick them up. I know as I've gone into some of these interviews, full disclosure, I have been at my lowest. And I've come out happy and feeling re-energized on the other side. So maybe it can do that for somebody else. And if it does, then man, my job has been done. But on top of that too, I know I'm getting a little long-winded here, but we got to do this part because I enjoy hearing myself talk. Sometimes. But... We've got to do this part because I also want to help out here. And I want to keep this podcast going too, so here's a couple ways you can do that. You all know that I'm a voice actor. I'm a professional wrestler. So maybe you want me to cut a promo on somebody. Or maybe you want to have somebody call you and hear Randy Savage pick up on that voicemail. Yeah! Well, if you want to do that or if you want to get a t-shirt, you want to get some merch... Guys, I've got all these options available. I've got 8x10s. Whatever you want, I'll even sign it for you. You get it, you take a selfie of it, you take a picture of it, tag me on social media, I will shout you out on the podcast and on socials, and a portion of every sale is going to go to help either the Nashville Humane Society or the Peter Mayhew Foundation. And I will make that donation in your name. You just have to tell me where you want it to go. And if you don't tell me, then I'll just make the call and everybody still wins. So that's a win-win for me. And... You do a good cause, you get some cool merch, and you help keep the podcast going. So that is an ultimate win. But now, here comes the fun part. This is my favorite part of the show. And this is where I guess, um, man, Eric Horowitz may not only have the accolade of former guest of this show, but he may now be a member of Flynn Hendricks Enterprises as Agent Eric. I don't know. He has given me a list of awesome people to interview, and today is one of those people. And let's let's give this guy the introduction he deserves before I call him out by name. If you've heard us talk about the Pochki Audio Chronicles, which I know you have, you may know this guy as Sean, Edmund, and Hopper on the show. He is also one of the artists involved, and he is also a 2D and a 3D animator. It is my friend, and man, I'm just so glad to be able to call him that now. I'm getting tongue-tied here. It's my friend, Tim Muller. Tim, thank you for being on the show here. Thank you kindly. It's a pleasure to be here. Of course. As you can tell, I'm gushing. I'm a big fan. So let's uh, let's cut right into it, man. I want to know more about your story because that's the fun part of this show for me. I have all these friends, and we've had various interactions through social media, but I always end up learning new things about everybody and coming to have a greater respect for them. So I have, a, I have no doubt that today is going to be any different. So Take me back to the beginning, man. Tell me your story where all these creative endeavors and seeds were planted for you. All right, happily. And it's uh, I'll definitely admit it's a very sporadic story. So. Oh, even better. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, if anything, regardless if the decisions are good or bad, it makes a good story. Exactly. As long as you can tell it in a funny and entertaining way, you get the thumbs up from me. All right. Well, fantastic. Well, before I was brought into this world in the year of 1994, uh, my eons-old family was somewhere out in Germany. Uh, they didn't fare well with the war and went, okay, we need to flee. Where do we go? America sounds nice. So they packed their bags, went to America. Pennsylvania sounds nice. I'm wearing a Philadelphia Eagles shirt. I don't know if they can see that or not, but hey. <laughs> they can't, but I can, and I'm raising my fist for it. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, we need it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, long story short, born in Pennsylvania, 1994, uh, kidnapped to Florida at the age of eight. Oh man, <laughs> I I like the colder climates more than the hot and humidity, especially with what's going on right now. Now, I, understandable, but I do have to ask: with the kidnapping, was there at least candy involved, or some form of gift being offered to get you into that van? In true Floridian style, uh, Disney World and a glass of orange juice. Okay, that, I mean, that's pretty tempting, especially with today's prices. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It was a nice vacation that my mom and dad heard the yes and went, okay, our kids said yes. All We're moving. Off. That's it. We're done. <laughs> Pack it up. I love yeah. it. So, so eight years there, man. Yeah, so eight years PA, uh, stuck in Florida for just under 20 years. Ooh, um, buddy. While I was there, um, I thought I was going to do music. I did that for around eight years, percussion, like piano, drums, you Okay, name it. yeah. Um, and then it was right at the tail end of high school, I, I realized that I had this powerful passion for animation and drawing. Okay. Um, so that then led into uh, going to college at Full Sail University. Oh, very um, nice. <laughs> Uh, they they work you to the bone, but it's it's worth every inch. I've heard um, that. I mean, and just like seeing all the wrestling stuff that went on there, and then you know everything. <laughs> it's like it's a very like hands on and very creative and artistic school. I mean, I, I had no idea that that's where you went. So I, I'm completely hooked now. Yeah, it's oh, it's great there, and uh, all the all the wrestling stuff. I was always too busy in the computer lab, just like it's two a.m. and I don't have time to get tickets tomorrow. Just, I just. Why are they I'll, still I'll taking body slams this late at night? <laughs> yeah, uh, and especially the computer animation program. They they work to the bone, but it's it's worth it. Wow. Um, going through there, I I got to demonstrate some VO uh, voice mm-hmm. acting. It wasn't really serious at the time. But graduated top of my class. Very nice. Um, hooked up with the girlfriend, and we went, okay, let's let's start our careers. Let's search. Uh, Florida, at least in my opinion, not the best place to blossom an animation career. Uh, it's very draining. Yeah, it, it's, it's for some it's great, and that's wonderful if you can get it. Just for me and for what I wanted, it, there wasn't really an avenue that right, latched right. on for me. So... Uh, Mm -hmm. Quick question in that, too, because uh, you you mentioned the musical background, and that's kind of where a lot of my things started, but I was more on the woodwind side of things. When you you were growing up with these musical, like, instruments that you were playing, because you listed off, like, three or four different ones, when you make the transition into animation and you start discovering that love, what was your family's reaction? Like, did they think that you were just going to abandon music completely and jump into something new and then be done with it three months later? Were they supportive of it? What was that like? That's a, that's a very good question. So my dad, um, he was the main inspiration since I was a baby to start with music. He, um, he did uh, drum corps international DCI. Oh, oh, nice. I don't hear, I don't ha- I think you're the first guest on here that 
or maybe the second that's mentioned DCI. So like you're you're hitting all the notes for me so far. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it, lots of nostalgia with it for sure. Um, Which core was he with? Oh, he was, oh, it was so funny. He was with uh, he was with Cross. He Not was with Cross. Wow. The, okay. He, he could have done it one more year, and he's like, ah, no, I think I'm too busy. And they won that the year. He oh left. no! <laughs> Shakes fist at the universe. Yeah, just be like, <laughs> But I mean, that's so awesome too because uh, my, I guess he's my second cousin. Um, he's involved in drum corps right now, and of course, I couldn't do it because I was on the woodwind side of things. But man, just the marching band background, everything like just having respect for everything those guys do. Traveling that summer, sleeping on high school gym floors to practice the next day, and just traveling to the circuit all summer long and not having a life outside of that. Man, it's a uh, it's a passion of love. It's a labor of love to do that, and hats off to those guys. Agreed. That's uh, and it's something that you know. For those eight years, I did music, and to answer your question before, how mm-hmm. my family felt switching careers, um, the good benefit was you know things like music and you know marching band, even indoor drumline, which I did, and was also a part of W WGI. Nice. Um, they, you know, all that teaches you how to you know discipline, working hard. Uh, sticking to it no matter how difficult it is so in the grand scheme I have no regrets for doing that and at the very least I can always just pull out a harmonica here and just do something (laughs) masterpiece but that's that's absolutely true and then we'll come back to the musical background or actually no we'll go ahead and skip into it right now because I've noticed that several actors that I've had on this show even going back to the very beginning have those musical backgrounds and in some way shape or form it's come in to help them with with voiceover and have you noticed that it's been something that's benefited you as you've started doing a recording for like the Potchkey series or anything like that have you noticed the musical background has aided you more than you thought it would that's the that's the funny thing so with percussion uh, especially on the the drum angle of it there's not really much of a the, I guess the only vocal part of it is if you're, you know, counting right, out loud. right. <laughs> There's not a lot of lung diaphragm. Yeah, yeah. Drums to a degree. Absolutely. Um, but um, at least with like melody and rhythm. That's and, that's what I was honing in on right there, especially yeah. like timing too, because I, I especially for those in ADR, they said it helped them get down the intonation and the rhythm to match the mouth flaps or to hit the deliver the line a certain way with a certain melodic tone or whatever it may be. But I, I was curious to see if that had any impact on your career. Yeah. I, I, I truly believe on the, the, mel- the melodic and the rhythmic end, especially with like things like piano, absolutely both into uh, animation and also voice acting. You know, I love that art all ties into itself. Absolutely. Uh, you can always find some other angle or way where, you know, with music, I might not be playing or blowing into an instrument, but I can use those rhythms or what I've learned to, voice act better so yeah for sure for sure i mean if you know the different like time signatures or different ways you can speed it up but keep that same intonation and deliver the words without clipping them off it it just gives you a different take and it gives you a different approach to it so it's like you said it's funny how all art kind of ties into itself Mm -hmm. but you you had also mentioned in there too that you had done a little bit of voiceover and you know where did that start to come back into the picture as far as like, this is something that I really want to pursue and maybe take to that next level? Yeah, that's a great question. So similar to music, that was something where uh, from a young age, I've always just 
I've always just kind of done mimicry. I would watch, you know, Disney movies or animated shows mm-hmm. and just mimic what I was listening to. Um, and the goal back then was just to make my parents and family laugh because I would just redo whatever I just heard. Um, that always kind of sidecarred with me my whole entire life. And then when I went to Full Sail, there were people looking for voice actors for animation projects or games. Oh, wow. Okay. And so, and so it was, it was never anything officially contract. It was just schoolwork, but I went, Hey, I'll happily throw something in. I'll happily make a tutorial. I'll happily voice a character. Um, so that's when I really kind of started actually putting it to use. Um, there was a long break because my main focus for a long time was animation, animation, of animation. Course. Um, it wasn't until around 2018 that I really, I needed to take a hiatus from art and I've only recently kind of slowly come out of it and mm-hmm. brought it really back into full fruition. But within that time I went, well, I've always talked about voice acting. I've always had people mention I'm, I'd be good at it. Let's try it. Um, so for four years, I've been kind of in the background, in the shadows. I've been very hesitant, really coming out of my shell right but for every little bit i get that's it's been nice to finally you know put this to actual use absolutely and then i before we move into the voiceover full on i i do want to circle back to something you said right there about you know like kind of burning out on the art side of things yeah were you was that something that you were kind of aware of could possibly come down the line where you put like it becomes a mandatory thing where you're pursuing your passion, but you're doing it for school or you're doing it for a job and what used to be fun starts to feel like work. Were you aware that something like that was that could possibly happen? And were you more aware when it did start to happen? Yeah. Uh, that was always sort of the background thing where I feel like maybe it's the hubris of young artists going like, mm-hmm. I know this can happen, but that won't happen to me. Nailed uh, it. Nailed it. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'll admit, um, there were many years where I was working for other people. I did freelance because that was the best thing I could really find. There really wasn't any studios or things that kind of hit my rhythm in Florida. Mm-hmm. And all the places out west, Cali and Seattle, Washington, um, they you had to physically live there. And I did not have the money to make that kind of a move. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'll definitely admit, um, once when I got to that point of burnout... Um, which it can take years off your life, genuinely. Yeah, um, it can. Oh, buddy. There's been so many times I'll tell people like, oh, you know, I do art and, you know, it's it's coming, it's working. And then half a year goes by and I might have made one thing. It's, um, it's a very real thing. Um, the most important thing you can do is just take care of yourself. And no matter what you're doing, always strive to always... Uh, oh, we have a oh, sorry, that's... Uh... <laughs> Apologies, everybody. My wife's phone is connected to the computer, so my apologies. But there we go. I like, and the most important thing is, oh, sorry, it's a mystery now. And you, Siri. Apologies, yeah. everybody. But uh, yeah, let's get let's get right back into it there. Yeah. So all I was gonna say was the most important thing is just taking care of yourself and um, at all, at all, to whatever degree, making sure that you're doing work for yourself. Ah, it happens again. Uh, apologies. There we go. Okay. The call has been answered. Thankfully, my wife did it. Apologies to my listeners. We'll hopefully edit that out. It's, uh, hey, I'm willing to flow with whatever. I, you know, I thank you, thank you. Them, so. We'll make some humor out of it some way or another. Yeah, exactly. 
but yeah, so basically just taking care of yourself and then doing artwork that you love. Maybe you have the day, the day art job where you're working for someone else and maybe mm-hmm. a vision you still agree with, but you always need to have some nugget of time in your day, in your week, where you are creating what you want to make for yourself. Absolutely. And those are such wise words too, because I mean, especially for me, like I, I love doing voiceover, but you know, when you work that outside job where you're working for somebody else, or you have 10 other things on your plate before you can get to what you love, especially for me, sometimes it gets hard to do it, but then I end up beating myself up more if I don't get in there and do it to recharge the batteries. So it sometimes it's a struggle, but if you make it happen, you won't regret it at the end of the day. Yeah, exactly. It's just, you know, you, it seems like, it seems like you're, I don't want to say wasting time. Yeah. Because um, if you're doing something for yourself, it's not a waste of time. It just feels like it's, oh, this isn't something I have to do. It's something for me, which maybe I don't need to do. But genuinely, there needs to be some time in your life where you are giving back to yourself. Because Absolutely. If not, you're going to fry out eventually. Yes. And I think, I know we've said it in multiple ways and multiple iterations here on this show, but you can't give your best to everybody else if you're not giving your best to yourself because you can't give from an empty cup. You can try, but it's not going to work. So you've got to take care of yourself, recharge those batteries, and sometimes you have to be a little selfish. Yeah, and it's it's even more than selfish. It's self-caring. Exactly. Um, uh, I had a I once had a therapist uh, who was uh, gave me something I never thought of where they like you know se- a lot of people think oh I have to be selfless because selfless means nice but being selfless means you have less of yourself and if you're nothing but selfless then there's nothing left of you absolutely and so, man yeah. that's again that's something that nobody really talks about or at least I don't hear them talk about because <laughs> right? you're, you're you're almost told to be selfless and. It's just, you know, obviously, you want to do good in the world. You want to give to somebody who may be having a, a worse day or maybe at the end of their rope. But at the same time, too, you can't ignore those red flags and those warning signs in yourself because if you sometimes you can't expect anybody else to take care of you. It's got to be you. So you've got to do that if you want to keep making a difference, keep recharging your batteries, and be there for the people around you that, that matter to you, too. Exactly. There, there needs to be, this was something I was recently listening to on a, like on a podcast, but it's a nice, um, you need to have a nice blend of agreeability because if you're overly agreeable, everyone likes you and you're great in teams, but you're kind of not doing anything for yourself. Absolutely. Because you're saying yes. And there needs to be a certain degree of disagreeability so you can tell people no, so you can do what you want, but don't do it too much because then no one will like you. <laughs> Absolutely. You've got to find that fine line and just tread it ever so lightly. But mm-hmm. when you are disagreeable, you have to be able to stick to your guns and not let them push you over. Because sometimes yeah. people won't respect your boundaries and you have to be ready for that. Yeah, exactly. It's I have I have oh, that that's been kind of my, my character arc. If I had to look at my character arc as a theme of like what's what's Timothy Muller's like biggest character arc. And a lot of times for most of my life, it was being afraid of saying no. Yeah. Oh it, man, we are the same person. <laughs> oh, <laughs> there's so many similarities. I know, and that's that again. That's something I love about this show. But dude, I know it all too well because you know whether it's you know playing at home with the kids if I'm tired, which maybe sounds like a really horrible thing for a dad to say, but if you work a long day, especially out now in this sometimes triple digit heat. You come home and you're tired and they're ready to play right away. 
sometimes it's not easy to say no to them, but sometimes you have to, or if your boss wants to throw more on your plate or ask you to pick up an extra shift and you can't do it, you don't say no and hope or say yes and hope for the best. Sometimes you have to say no. And sometimes no should just be enough. Agreed. Yeah. And, and a lot of people, or at least some people, they cannot handle the word. No, yep. that's uh, the, the small short story. If we have time for it. Oh, please um, do share. The, I'll, I'll, I'll make it super brief. Uh, I have ADHD. So sometimes oh, it's all good. It's all good. Or wrap it in. Well, I used to work for, um, I used to work in Orlando for uh, one of the medical systems and my uh, on election day, 2020 on election day. Oh boy. COVID, my dad uh, had to go into the hospital for a very high risk uh, gastrosurgery. Oh no. Uh, of his own choice. Um, he was massively overweight and he's much better now. Good, this good. is like a 60, this is a 65% fatality chance. He's like, I'd rather be dead than live the rest of my life. Fat. Oh dude. Um, and of course on election day. So everyone's stressed. I'm in the hospital. I'm, babysitting him for the week uh he's so much better now i'm so happy happy to hear um, it so glad to hear it yeah but when i came back to work the next week um one of my members of leadership had told me hey well your numbers were down by like three patients so we need to monitor you for the next two months or else we're like we're gonna coach you um and it was the only day in like half a year's worth of time where i was behind once wow um and so i basically was like well you know what happened like i my dad was in the hospital. It was election day. The reply I got, which is probably the coldest thing I've ever been told, was, well, you should have anticipated that you wouldn't have made your numbers on the day um, with your dad going in the hospital. So this is on you. Um, complete, mm. complete disconnect from what was going on. Like, And, and that was the, yeah. <laughs> God, I'm running through like 10 different replies I could have given right then and there. But man, yes. that, oh my God. And most of them would have probably stayed in my head and not gone to the keyboard of that person. But, oh, dude, that is ridiculous, man. Yeah, so I'll admit that was the moment I decided, okay, I need to leave this job. I need to leave Florida. By hook or by crook, I need to go out west and pursue animation, voice acting. That was my big crux moment. And from that point to when I left, that's when I started telling her no when she was sending me stuff. Um, and she just couldn't handle it because she would say, Hey, could you do this? Oh, sorry. No. Well, why'd you say no? You have to do this. Well, don't ask. Can I, if you want it to be in order and for me to not have a choice. Exactly. Um, that's, that's really, I'm still learning. It's, it's still my character arc. I need to fully flesh out. But from that moment on, that's when I really started getting more of what I wanted into my life. Voice acting, of course, included, um, because I'm willing to start putting myself first in certain situations. I love it. I love it. So man, let's let's talk about that now cuz it's come up a couple times where you moved out west and as as we talked beforehand, you are a long way from Florida. And of course, we talked about that before we started rolling mics here, but mm-hmm. man, what was that transition like not only getting to a new location, but also then pursuing voice acting? How did you manage both of those and find your footing in a new location? <laughs> Well, you mentioned Eric Horowitz before, and yes. Eric Eric knows at times the lengths I'm willing to go to make sure that I will show up to a meeting and voice act still. Uh, <laughs> I, notoriously on I-4 in Florida, the most dangerous highway of the U.S., I was on my phone reading, I think, Clue. Oh, <laughs> like, my God. 
<laughs> probably not the smartest thing. I don't recommend people doing that, but I'm I'm dedicated. He lives on the edge, folks. He lives on the edge, and he's dedicated. <laughs> we got to give him that. <laughs> um, but to answer your question, yeah. So going across the U.S., um, everyone was super nice and allowed okay. me time to like, hey, you're move you're moving across the corner to corner of the U.S. Like, take your time. Um, but yeah, the the road trip. I just I minimized my life, packed it in a little Toyota Corolla, drove across myself. And um, the best part was, uh, well, first off, I never did a U.S. road trip before, so it was oh, nice wow. to finally like see the world of the country. Um, the other part that was fun was I had so many people in Florida kind of naysay, not everyone, like only a couple people, but they're like, what are you doing? It's in the middle of COVID. This isn't going to be good, blah, blah, blah. Oh, I go, well, it's COVID. The roads are going to be empty. Everyone's at home. Um and then as soon as I get out there, I meet with some of my college buddies. They show me around. Um, I quickly get set up and get back into improv and voice acting. Sure enough, almost all the naysayers went message back and said, hey, it looks really nice out there. Do you need any roommates by chance? <laughs> <laughs> man, that's so crazy because, I again, I was thinking it was pre-COVID. But, man, like, that's just like the ultimate right there because you're doing it when the world is in nothing but a state of uncertainty and nobody knows what's going to happen, but you're still taking the bet on yourself to travel cross country. You're getting that experience in and then you're starting off somewhere new all around you though, while the world is just like, I I hate to say going to hell, but you know, everything's just crazy, man. That's so, that's so man, I guess bold and balls to the wall betting on yourself. I love it. Yeah, it was equal parts plan as well as a little bit of gamble. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, I, I'd be shameful if I didn't mention because Pochke family is um, when I drove across the U.S., I sort of pulled up everyone in the Pochke crew and went, OK, I'm driving across the U.S. How many of you can I visit on the way yes. from Florida to Seattle? So yes. I got to meet a couple of my wonderful cast members and friends in person for the first time. And that's, I mean, just uh, as we're recording this now, it's crazy to say that it's almost been two months, but when I was out in uh, out in L.A. a couple months ago, finally got to meet Marcus in person and previous Marcus guests on this great. show, but he is he is fantastic, man, and we, we tore up Disneyland, but we had a blast <laughs> doing it. I lost an Instagram account somewhere in there, but it, w- it was totally worth it, man, and let me ask you this, too, because, like, I- I've had the opportunity now to meet friends and fellow classmates that I've only seen through a computer screen, what was it like meeting them in person and just like finally making that face-to-face connection after so long? Oh, it was, oh, so great. And it's such a great question. Uh, Especially up to that point, we were doing, you know, we all had known each other for two, maybe running on three years at Mm -hmm. that point. So it was so, (laughs) the first person I met was Hannah, um, she's in Texas. And so there was this moment where I'm in my car, I see her walk around the corner and my brain is still trying to connect. Like, no, it's not on a zoom screen anymore. Right. Like this, this is a living human being. There's no lag. (laughs) There's no hiding behind the screen. There's no backgrounds. This is it. Yeah. And then uh, I hung out with Hannah for a day. Um, We, I then went up to Kansas. I actually went kind of backwards away from Seattle in order to see him and his wife. They let me stay for a day or two. They were so sweet. And it was just like this wonderful magnetism of all the energy we have on call in person. Um, And then just this past April, a bunch of us went to Philadelphia. Yes. There we go. Philly again. Oh, yes. Uh, (laughs) uh, We went to Fan Expo. And I think, I'm trying to remember, I think at least seven or eight of us went. I'm trying 
Yeah, I think I think eight is what uh, what Marcus and Eric had both said as well because I think Eric and I chatted right like two days after after that ha- that event happened and that was so cool to hear his experiences on that man it, and just seeing the pictures seeing the family vibe that you guys all had because again it looked like y'all had known each other for years and like y'all were one big happy family man so I can't even imagine what it was like getting to go up there and have that experience genuinely between seeing seeing everyone in person and just hugging and hanging out funny story after funny story meeting in my old hometown of philly Mm -hmm. uh and i know eric's like up there but yeah it was just just so many feelings happened all at once being able to see you know wonderful talent and our coach steve bloom oh god yeah just so it was it was just a nonstop adrenaline ride from start to finish. Absolutely. And since we're on Pochki now, let's uh, let's back it up just a little bit and let's talk about the formation of y'all's crew and cast and how that came to be because I, I know Eric was very instrumental in the whole thing and I just want to know like where it all came to be and where the seeds were planted to grow into what it is now. Okay, yeah, and I was I was with the crew. I don't want to say the beginning because Eric and Rob and Nathan they're the they're right, the OG. right. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I'm not a time traveler either. <laughs> uh, yeah, but as far as as far as uh, the inception of it through Bloom uh, Bloomvox, um, for me, Steve Bloom had done these little voice challenges of like, okay, we want you to do a speed read where you come up with a script and you try to say it as fast as possible and not have any breaks and do something like this. Very technical stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, that was one of the bigger ones I did as long as, as well as like one or two, Eric just so happened to notice it, shot me an email or a message saying, Hey, I got a show I got brewing up. Would you like to be a part of it? Um, he handed me all these scripts. I still have all the original recordings somewhere. Um, <laughs> it's so funny where I was like, uh, uh, one of the roles I did was Flocksky and I was like, Oh, like I nailed it. It's going to be perfect I, i've got this and then now we have like carlos and i'm just like I, I can't hold a candle to that he he's he absolutely is that role right right um, so yeah but he said you know we got sean we got hopper um and so we all just kind of did our lines we slowly started meeting one at a time my situation was also weird because i didn't have a voice booth the best i had was this large wooden dining room table and I would throw blankets over it, crawl underneath like Gollum or Harry Potter, oh. and then do, do do voice acting on a blue Yeti next to a small Mac laptop with the air fan on Max. Nice. <laughs> oh my god. How like, many rules were broken all, with that? As as like <laughs> as like wooden timber as it can get. Nice, <laughs> nice. Oh man. Dude, that is insane. But I mean, it, it just shows the level of dedication there too. And uh, on top of that too, what was what were you feeling when Eric reached out to you specifically about that? I mean, like, had you had any interactions with him prior to that, or was was this kind of like the beginning of the friendship right there? Yeah. So that that really was the beginning. The closest that we truly hung out, there was a couple classes where we would see each other's video cams or have this little side chat, mm-hmm. and we just trade pleasure like pleasures with each other um in bloom box where people would post things we'd interact in there just a little bit right um this podcast truly was what brought the gang together and i got to meet so many amazing people that to this day i still value as friends and co-workers and just professional badasses (laughs) of course man i love it i love it so 
when you're getting into these sessions too, because like you mentioned, you know, like you were doing it, you were driving or you, you would find a way to do it while you were busy. And I know Eric mentioned it when he was on the show, but a lot of the times it's done over zoom. So let me ask you this, knowing these people and knowing like them as friends and becoming a family with them, did you feel it was hard to get into character or build that chemistry when you're behind the computer screen and so far away from them? Or as soon as that red light's on and you guys are going through it, it's just there. (laughs) That's a very good question. So for me, uh, there was a bit of anxiety for me a little bit in the early stages because around that exact time was when I kind of started doing that art hiatus. Mm -hmm. Um, There was a lot of mixed emotions with me personally in that time. But other than that, from all my background with music to animation to then at the time voice acting, I was used to staring at a camera lens and going, that's a person. Like, it's not, you know, I'm not going to get judged or if I do, like, I'm just going to be my natural self. Um, I don't really have much fear being in front of a camera or staring at a camera. Um, I think if there was any hesitancy with the performances starting out, it was just us trying to figure out the energy and style of the podcast. Absolutely. That, that, uh, that took us a little bit to figure out. And I think it was episode five or six, whatever the mascot episode was, um, we broke characters so many times in the first script read and we're dying laughing. That was the moment we all really kind of clicked and figured out like, okay, now we know what this is. Now we know what to do. I love it. I love it. And what has it been like for you to be on this ride going into like the second season now as we're recording it? What has it been like for you to see these other characters that have been introduced and see, you know, fellow friends of ours come onto the show and have fun with their characters? What has that been like for you, not only as a peer, but as a spectator for it? Oh, it's amazing. It's absolutely incredible. It's, uh, you know, outside of the, the show just to meet so many people who are just positive, friendly, you know, trading like advice and help with each other. It's just so nice to be, I'm, I'm so blessed and lucky to be a part of this group. I can't believe I have constant disbelief of how the heck did I get to be a part of this? Uh, how did I get to be in the cool kids club? <laughs> right, right. I mean, it's so, it's so cool because I, I remember too, I like just referencing somebody like Eric or Heath, when I started with the Bloomvox community, I considered those guys like the OGs, and I, I'm not on the the Pochki cast, but getting to call those guys friends, and it's like, they really make you feel like family more than a friend, and getting to be around those people, and, you know, outside of interacting in a Bloomvox class or whatever it may be, you feel like you've known them for years, and same goes for right now, too, because... Again, we may be the same person just living in different parts of the country, but right. you you have that bond and that friendship there, and those guys know how to make it feel like they've known you your whole life, and that's just, I can't even imagine working with them and having that much fun doing it. it truly. It, it's a it's a genuine pleasure. Every time I, I get the, all right, guys, we're meeting up on this day, I get giddy. Oh, that's um, awesome. And to kind of to answer the second part of your last question was, Um, what's it like performing with them or what's it feel like performing with them just every single time we've met up the energy just gets bigger and bigger and as a spectator it's so amazing and incredible to sit back and watch everyone come alive and give themselves it's so easy to get inspiration seeing all of your close cohorts companions and friends just giving their all 
I love it. And I dude, I can only imagine that too because you have that proud moment too where you feel the excitement that they're feeling like it, it's symbiotic almost. And that I, I hope that's the right word. I'm an English major, I should know, but I'm dealing with a heat wave right now, folks. Cut me some slack. But you know, it's like you feel that excitement that they're feeling because you're getting to be there witnessing it firsthand. And, you know, it's just, man, it's so magical because I've seen it with wrestling. I've seen it in improv with other actors. So, I mean, I I know the feeling all too well. But before I ramble on and just sing y'all's praises for the rest of the episode, (laughs) I I do have two last questions before we flip the roles a little bit. And one of those is about Pochki. So, if our listeners, actually, I take that back, I have three. Um, If our listeners haven't tuned into Pochki yet, what would your sell line be to get them to go hit that subscribe button and check it out? Oh, uh, well, if I was voicing Sean, of course, it'd be go subscribe or else. <laughs> um, yeah, but <laughs> as far as like, if I'm just speaking me for the show, yeah, it's um, if you want, it has a very Pink Panther-esque vibe to it. It's just a bunch of detective heroes and villains who are all inept to some degree and trying to thwart one another, but just helping the other side inadvertently. Um, It is just, it's wonderful toilet humor (laughs) and (laughs) lots of euphemism. So by all means, if you need something that's just going to cheer you up and get you a good laugh and just get joke after joke after joke with a mystery (laughs) in the background, by all means, this is the perfect show for you. And I'm going to make it easy, too, and make it perfectly easy. Let's go ahead and say it that way. You already know there's going to be links in the show notes to where you can subscribe on that. And I, for the love of God, if you don't, I will come chop you, body slam you, and then drop an elbow, and then make you hit that subscribe button. And while you're recuperating, you can get some laughs, and I hope they hurt from the elbow drop. But anyway. I'll watch. (laughs) Yes, he will. Hopefully Sean will, too. But, um... My next question now, and this is a shout-out to uh, Heath Martin and Tomcat here. I know one loves this phrase and one hates it, but Tim, my good man, would you say that with everything you've endured in your life up to this point, the journeys you've made, cross-country, becoming involved with the Bloombox community, Pochki Audio Chronicles, making the friends you have, avoiding, you know, dealing with the burnout and everything— would you say that through it all you have lived an attitude of gratitude or is there another phrase that you would live there? Uh, well, I know the one who loves it. <laughs> I wonder uh, who. Yeah, and oh, man, never enough. And it's great. It's wonderful positivity. I love absolutely, it. Absolutely, absolutely. And, of course, I think yeah. the other one lives a catitude of gratitude or <laughs> attitude of catitude. I, I don't know, but... I'll probably get murdered in my sleep, and you'll know who did it. But anyway. We're talking about, we're talking about you, Keith Carden. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, yeah. Attitude for gratitude. Yeah, I, I truly love that phrase. It's It's been said so much, I feel like it belongs to him. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but it's, um, it's so true, though. I mean, like, because, again, it, it's something I, I don't think that he necessarily adopted it from Steve. But, man, he's so generous. He's so positive that... You know, despite like a setback that may happen, he still stays positive. He looks for the silver lining in it and he shares it with the world, man. It's contagious. 
Yeah, and it's, it's truly, and like I said before, not just even performances, but just outside of it, whether it's us talking as person, social media, it's always amazing to see what everyone's putting out and stepping up and trying something bigger. Um, Vani just did uh, something really cool recently. I don't know if I can talk about it, but um, if you're listening, props to you. You did amazing. <laughs> oh, I think I know what you're talking about, and I think I saw it on uh, on socials, which... By the time this comes out, that may be out there already. So she's a future guest on this show. So maybe we'll have it linked. Yeah. yeah Possibly. Exactly. Wink, wink. But man, okay. But, <laughs> uh, but yeah, if I, I had to add a phrase of my own, uh, a lot of, I guess the phrase I'll do is keep coming forward. Yes. Whatever, whatever it is you want to strive for in life, no matter how long it might take, just keep coming forward and make sure it's coming from a good place. Absolutely. Because trust me, the world will know if it's not. And the results will not be good, whether, you know, let's just leave it at that. The world and the universe around you knows if you're coming from a place of genuine positivity or if it's forced and doing it for the wrong reason. So I I love that. And my my last question um, before we flip the script here is what's next for you? What are your goals over this next year? What are you hoping to achieve? That's a great question. And it's something where um, uh, I'll I'll give the short answer because. I can ramble. Uh, <laughs> hey, I'm fine the, with it. Um, so the most recent change that happened in my life is, um, so I didn't get to say this, but I actually have a minor case of Tourette's syndrome. Oh, no. Um, through that, I found out that I have ADHD. And as of recent, I just started um, psychiatry to get medication for it. And okay. eventually soon, I'm going to do therapy for it. Um, so I'll admit, um, that's been kind of the question I've been asking myself of, okay, well, you found all these improvements. Things are actually moving forward. What's next? Um, what I would like to have happen next with voice acting, like I said before, I've been kind of shelled up a lot of practice in the shadows, but now I want to really start stepping forward, making my way officially towards some kind of real picking up more work. Absolutely. Some of those things are going to take more time. Of course, I don't want to rush anything. Um, but definitely that. And then also with things like animation, I truly, it's been nice to step by step, come back out of that hiatus and do not just artwork, but doing artwork that I want to see come across. I love it. I love it. And man, let me just say two hats off for, um, you know, taking the steps to have that discovery, especially with the ADHD and the Tourette syndrome and taking steps to, you know, like make sure you're on the right track there. I, I can't say hats off for that enough because I, I know it, as crazy as it may be, there are a lot of people that are still so against getting that self-help or so stubborn against it. But the fact that you're doing it, man, just hats off for taking care of yourself. Thank you so much. And that's, and yeah. And as far as like, you know, whether medication someone taking is good or bad for them, um, it's, it's always worth a try. If it doesn't work out, maybe try one more time, but if it's not comfortable, you know, never feel forced to do therapy or psychiatry, whatever you feel is going to help you out the best and proves that it's truly helping you. That's what I recommend doing. Absolutely. And man, that is a perfect place right there because I don't think we could top that so what we're going to do is we're going to change the role a little bit, change the mood some, and we're going to flip the script a little bit, and Tim is going to take over the show now. Everybody should know what's coming by this point. And Tim, my good man, it is now your show. You have the floor. You have the reins. You have the keys to the car. I am your passenger. I am at your mercy. Let's have some fun. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> this is powerful. <laughs> I haven't had this much power since I've been in jury duty. No. Uh, <laughs> Guilty. 
Alrighty. Well, one thing uh, I didn't know that you went for a, like a major in English. So tell me more about that. What sparked your in, uh, your interest going into English, and where's where's that led you? Man. Okay. So it, it's my college career. Now that I think about it, was really just a bunch of indecisiveness. And I, I always loved reading. I always loved literature. And you know that was. I guess I was one of the rare people around my my group of friends that actually enjoyed that, and I wasn't the best at math, so I thought, hey, I'll try this, but when I first went to college, I thought, hey, I'm going to do journalism and broadcasting, and at that point, I didn't realize, "Uh uh-oh, I'm going to have to talk in front of my peers. Didn't like that at the time. Go figure with what I'm doing now, but um, so I, I changed it. And I started going into the English side of things, but not really having a set major. Started with, um, you know, physical therapy and um, anatomy and physiology as my major so that I could work on, like, athletic injuries. And, you know, especially being around wrestling and everything, I did learn a few things to help take care of people. But when it came to it, focusing in those three-hour labs or the two hours of class where you're just copying notes off a projector... It lost me completely, man, and I just, I couldn't do it, so I said, I'm going to go and be an English teacher, I'm just going to start doing this and have a major in, communi- or a minor in communications. So about my third year into my college career, I'd already had the basics, so I started taking the more in-depth and like British lit, um, childhood literacy, and different classes like that, along with some teaching classes, but lucky me, as I'm coming up into my last year they start to make the changes to the teaching program where it would go for a from a full semester to a full year. And in that time, you can't work a full-time job or you can't even work a part-time job outside of that. So my mind starts thinking, uh-oh, if I can't pay the bills or I can't work, how am I going to afford this? I mean, I had my family to help me, but I did not want to rely on them or put any extra stress on them. So I talked to my advisor and just said, well, what would happen if I just stopped with the teaching courses and went with, you know, English and communications? And they said, well, you can graduate next semester by that point. So I said, okay, that's it. I'm drinking too much. I'm burned out by this point. Let's go. And that was it. I got the degree. And now at this point, the only thing I really do with it, I'm ashamed to say, is I just nitpick emails, articles, or even auditions that I get that misspell words, have poor grammar, or misuse punctuations, and it drives me up a wall, and it actually interferes with some of my, um, you know, like if you see the ellipses or the period, I may pause a little bit longer than I should in some of these reads, or if I'm trying to transcribe a dialect, I go to the English major side of things instead of that, so I mean, it it comes back to bite me in different ways, but at the same time, too, it's just like, I got a degree, but man, what am I, what am I really doing with it? You know? Right. And like you said, you know, lucky you, you know, despite uh, a lot of the, you know, the trenches that you kind of had to go through, there were little bits and pieces along the way where you very quickly figured out what you didn't want to do, which then led you towards what you did want to do. Absolutely. And man, I wish, uh, I I wish I could have gone back now and maybe put a little bit more focus on learning math to maybe have that business major side of things so that I could maybe be better at marketing myself some, but you know, I'm I'm on the path that I'm on now for a reason. So I can't really complain too much. Nice. Uh, And Hey, and I mean, Hey, and this podcast that you have is absolutely wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It's so generous. I appreciate Um, that. 
So I'm going to mirror a question you said before and kind of wrap in what you just spoke of with your English major. Okay. Um, but uh, leading into voice acting, um, how has that affected um, positively or, you know, like we kind of talked about with typos and errors, how has that gone into voice acting and whether or not at all, what's it feel like at all to you personally being a voice actor? Man, it's it's pretty cool. And granted, I, I'm not at a point where I've done anything that, maybe anybody has heard nationwide. I mean, I've done a few small things, but I, I think the coolest thing for me was um, when my son was in first grade last year, getting to do um, these videos because it was all, they were still relatively like following the restrictions and the guidelines for COVID. So the parents couldn't come in, but they had mixed hybrid teaching and students in or whatever. And they were doing career day. So like your parents could send in a video of what you did. And I did a video and it's like, do I really want to talk about, you know, at the time being a, a first aid and OSHA rep, are these kids going to even know what that is? Or could I talk about, you know, being a voice actor and getting to work with these people that were fundamental and like shaped my childhood as far as like the entertainment value and everything and, you know, act out some different characters on this video and just entertain the kids and ended up entertaining the teachers and, I, th I think that's just been the coolest thing is that like my son knows that I do it and he's gotten to come around some of these people I've made friends with and they they've welcomed him in and it's just been so cool. I think just what I'm able to pass on to my son and make a fun experience for him has been like the coolest thing of it. Yeah. And that's, and that's great. And I feel like, I feel like we were on that same wave, wavelength of just most people, when you talk about voice acting, just their inner child comes out yeah. and light up. Yeah. Now, of course we, we all know you get that question. Oh, well, I can do this voice. I can do this voice. And <laughs> you, you don't want to be a jerk and say, well, can you act? But you know, it's like you, you play along with it too. And you just, you, you don't want to dash their dreams because you never know somebody else may you may be that one that motivates them to follow that dream. And then they, they learn the, the real parts of it. Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, like most of us can probably go gorsh, gorsh. But, you know, going farther from that, you know, that's where people start trailing off. Absolutely. Um, exactly. Um, so yeah, that's wonderful. Um, and just being able to spread so much positivity to people. Um, so to break it up a tiny bit, because I told okay. you before that, um, with the questions, I was like, let me get some objective, serious questions, <laughs> but then some fun questions. So I'm going to throw a curveball in it. Yes. Alrighty. Boxing ring. You, Cheetah. Who comes out in one piece and how? Oh, man. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I've had experience in a boxing ring, but not with boxing. Oh. It's all been wrestling. But I you're um, experience with a Cheetah. I'm like, <laughs> I need to know this. <laughs> I. My guess is I would have to come with a fully stashed arsenal of Cheetos to distract him. And then while he's going, I don't know, he's making the decision of do I want the flaming Hot, the Cheese Puffs, or do I want the original Crunchy? I can sneak up, give him that one-two punch to the temple. He's down. I get my Cheetos back, and I win. But then I wake up and realize I'm in the hospital because I just got mauled by a Cheetah. Right. So I think the Cheetah's going to win on that one. Plus, he's faster than me. Yeah, but I mean, hey, I feel like most people wouldn't go the, the Chester Cheeto route, like, you know. <laughs> I would hope it was as cool as Chester, but knowing my luck, probably not. <laughs> I'm incredible. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> I, I live right. to please. Yeah, well, you, you are succeeding wonderfully. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so I got two more questions for you. Fire away. 
So uh, I'll, I'll tie this with voice acting, but I'm also just thinking about this podcast in general is um, what's been, what's been your, uh, your proudest accomplishment or achievement doing voice acting and this podcast, or at least what are you most proud of that you get by doing all of this? Okay, man. I think I've actually got, uh, I can give you a two part answer on that because I've got one that's voice acting specific and then one that's podcasting specific. But, um, as far as the voice acting goes, it's something that I've referenced before, but man, it just, it was so cool that it happened. It was a total fluke, but it was the last night of the month-long workshop with Charlie Adler, and he had us improving um, lines that, for characters that we wouldn't normally be typecast for. So he tells me, do the Queen of England, and I swear to God if you move your hands, because I'm very animated with my hands, um, I will come through that screen. He was kidding, but he said, keep your hands in check. So I get right to the end of the line and my hands just like Ricky Bobby. I don't know what to do with my hands, but I'm able to improv a line with it as the queen of England. And I go, Oh, I'm doing it with my hands again, kids. Oh shit. And he, he loses his shit on the other end of the screen. Pardon my language. And he goes, I'm not even going to be mad. Thank you for that. Because you, I, I couldn't keep a straight face. So that that was it for me. Now I'm sure other things will come down the line, but man, for me that like just because of who he was as cow and chicken and everything that I grew up on, man, that just that hit me right in the childhood feel. So that's always going to be close to me. But um man, podcasting wise, I think the thing that I'm just so proud of is that it's gone from a point of me asking people to come on to people want to come on and some of these people are folks that people that are well known and they want to get their name out there and they want to you know chat with me but they also want to use the platform to plug whatever they've got coming up and it's the fact that it, it just started from a you know a little seedling planted in the ground watered and it just slowly started taking off and now it's it's still growing and man it's just like I, it blows my mind how much it's taken off from its inception. Yeah, and that and that's fantastic. It's amazing where in the first story, you know, you finally got to make like the idol. Tickle. Yes, the thing, the thing that inspired you originally, or one of the things that inspired you, you were able to give back to that. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and then you know, and always, you know, consistency is key. You know. Y- and kind of like other things like weight loss or other things, you know, you might not see the results at first. You might only have a couple of viewers or a couple mm-hmm. of guests or a couple of things, but if you stick with it long enough and you have the energy, the drive and the positivity, you know, it all, when you meet, you know, life meets you halfway, but your half has to come first. Absolutely. And, and when you do that long enough, you know, you get a return like this and it's, it's wonderful to witness. 100%. And that's the key thing you said right there too. Your half has to come first because you have to put it out there for the universe to give it back to you. I think the kids exactly. call it manifesting, but I could be wrong. Yeah, or some new, new Come term. see, come saw, tomato, tomato, <laughs> you, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, and of course, I think we're to the last Yes, question. the main event. Arguably the most important question. What are your thoughts on jazz? Ah, man. I am a I am a fan of jazz. I'm also a fan of the line from Dude 8 that Daddy loved titties and jazz. But oh. <laughs> no, I'm a I'm a I love jazz. I do have to be in the mood for it, but I will never 
not turn away from Ron Burgundy playing a jazz flute or a a jazz flute if you want to throw the soft J in there. But yeah, all, all that all that twang in it. Yeah, you exactly. you can't go wrong with jazz, man. It's Oh, and see, that's why I was in jazz band in in high school for a little bit. But then they said, "Oh, we want we want brass only," and I was I was excluded because I was a clarinet. But yeah, you, you give and you take. But man, it's it was a fun experience, and you just get to have fun sometimes while you're playing it too. Especially some of like the the popular big band jazz. Man, that was uh, that was always fun for me. It's uh, I guess the I guess the leading question is: Big band your favorite uh, genre of jazz, or is there something specific? Oh man, it really would depend on the mood. Like if I'm if I'm feeling mellow, I wouldn't mind something a little bit more more low key and subtle. And if I drank more, maybe have a you know like a little shot of scotch or something like that to go with it. But man, it really just depends. And if I'm in a good mood, some big band, I I won't turn that down either. Yeah, exactly. And you know, like everything we've been talking about, you know, all jazz is about just going with the flow. Just going with the flow and see where it goes. Bingo, bingo. See you again. All art ties together. We just solved yeah. another life, you know, we taught another life lesson right here on the show. Mm-hmm. Man, <laughs> well, dude, like, Tim, this has been great, and those were some great questions, too, and good God, I, I'm still amazed. I'm just, I'm counting how long this streak is going to go on where I don't know these questions ahead of time. I'm waiting for something to be a repeat, and thankfully, in almost over a year now, that hasn't happened because the questions have all been so diverse I've wow. been put on the spot, and I've I've enjoyed so much of this that it's just it's taken on a life of its own, and I come out happier on the other side of it. So thank you for bringing what you did to the table. Well, you're welcome, and, and thank you so much for inviting me to this. This was an absolute pleasure and an absolute treat. Oh, dude, of course, and thank you for carving out the time to do it. And like I said, I'm going to make sure that we've got links to the Pochke Audio Chronicles in the show notes and any thank socials you. that you want plugged so our folks can get connected with you. They're going to be there, and we're going to make it nice and easy. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. This is this was absolutely wonderful. Pleasure getting to talk with you. Oh, just, dude, of course, and that goes both yeah. ways. Good vibes all around. Yes, yes, and virtual <laughs> virtual Zoom hugs and high fives. Yeah. But man, and that goes that not only goes between me and Tim here, but that goes to all of our listeners out there as well. So you already know, man, thank you guys for tuning in this week for another awesome interview here. Thank you to Tim for taking the time to be here tonight. And then of course, guys, if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button, leave that five star review. You heard him. You heard the man. And then don't make me come drop an elbow on you either if you don't go hit it for Pochke Audio Chronicles, because I'll do that too. (laughs) But in all seriousness, guys, get connected on socials. Leave that five-star review. Get the merch if you feel so inclined so that we can help out some charities as well. And just go out and do some good in the world and give yourself a break. Treat yourself right and give yourself some downtime before we come back next week with another awesome episode. So we're going to head out of here. And for myself, for Tim, we thank you for tuning in. I'll be back next week with another awesome episode. So in the meantime, be good, do some good, and I know you hear me. that has a product or service that you're trying to get out to the world or trying to target a specific demographic but don't know where to start or just need to get it to more eyes and ears then why don't you advertise here on the i know you hear me podcast 
We've got a strong 18 to 44 male demographic. We've got a growing global audience, and I'd be more than willing to help you get your word out for anything that you have to offer, whether it's an event, a service, or products. I'll be more than happy to advertise here on the show just for you, and I guarantee that you'll be happy with the results. So if this is something you'd be interested in, email me at theflynnhendricks at gmail.com with the subject line advertising. And I know you hear me. The I Know You Hear Me podcast is a presentation of Flynn Hendricks Enterprises. We thank you for tuning in this week, and we hope you'll check out our sponsors and advertisers. Make sure you check us out next week as we come back at the same time with another awesome episode.